welcome to episode 14 of Have a Blessed Gay, your weekly spiritual comedy podcast. I am your holy host, Tyler Martin. Come one, come all, just please, not in my eyes. I hope you are having a stupendous day today. As always, thank you for listening, subscribing, and joining me on this spiritual journey. If you have not already, please do subscribe, follow, and definitely leave a review. We'd love to see it. Let's take a good old trip to Imagination Station, shall we? Alright, imagine a place where people gather weekly, dress a certain way to show reverence, They have like-minded interests with one another and empower each other to be the best that they can be. As a group, they hold each other accountable and even do outreach together. This might sound like religion. It might sound like church, right? And for some people it is, while other people just call it CrossFit. We've already looked at several examples of how spirituality can and does live outside of a typical church, so it actually kind of makes you think, What is the point of church? Well, it's community. It's the act of gathering weekly with like-minded people, dressing a certain way to show reverence, empowering each other to be the best you can be. As a group, you hold each other accountable and even do outreach together. Wait, hold on a second. Okay, yeah, it is the exact same as CrossFit. I mean, think about it. In a Catholic mass, they already kneel, stand, kneel, stand over and over and over again. If you attend Mass every week for a month, you are bound to get some muscle definition in that ass. Just exchange the communion wine for Gatorade, give the minister a clipboard and a whistle, and instead of your Sunday best, you throw on your Nikes and Lululemon. Boom! And using something physical as a gateway to spirituality is actually done all the time. Like through yoga, or through sacred dancing like Bharatanatyam, a sacred form of Indian classical dance. I mean, just the act of living and having a body is spiritual, because that means we are a part of this amazing universe. So connecting with our bodies, using and empowering them, of course leads many people to feeling a deep spiritual connection. And for some, CrossFit is that outlet. It's a time for people to gather, to focus as a collective, giving attention to their bodies, to their minds, allowing them to deepen their relationship with spirituality. There are many positives that come from fitness, but just like religion and the exact parallels, we unfortunately have negatives that come from fitness, specifically when community is involved. We often see fitness groups transform into elitist groups. Fitness communities shun outside opinions and lifestyles, exclaiming that their way is the only way. We have fitness communities that discriminate against color, against sexual orientation, against size, against classes, ultimately making a statement that some people are more worthy of a healthy lifestyle. Some people are more worthy of spirituality. My guest today is Todd Brandon Morris, who saw this discrepancy within his own community that he loves so much, CrossFit. See, CrossFit works by affiliations, similar to a lot of religions, specifically in America. For example, within Christianity, there are different denominations, right? Like Methodists, Lutherans, Catholics, and so on. And under those denominations, there are many different branches of churches, like affiliates. 
It's a very pyramid style of business. And let's make no mistake, churches are businesses. People do not work at churches for free. It is a business just like anything else. Something to always be aware of. But as Todd dove into the CrossFit community here in New York City, he quickly realized that these affiliates didn't work together for a common good. They stayed within their own small circles, choosing not to empower the collective. Again, we see this in churches all the time. The liberal mosque being in competition with the conservative mosque across the street. The Mormons on the west side of town fighting to get the baseball field reserved on Saturdays so the Mormons on the east side of town can't have it. Honestly, you think it'd just be easier and, well, more fun if we just empowered one another. Anyway, Todd being the proud gay man that he is, specifically noticed the lack of LGBTQ plus representation within leadership. So with a mission to unite the CrossFit LGBTQ plus community, no matter what box they were affiliated with, he created Outfit. Todd founded Outfit in 2014 on a mission to encourage athletes to achieve extraordinary physical goals while maintaining mental health and promoting social equality. They also have an athletic clothing line that includes proud apparel to embody those same principles. I actually got some shorts from them and I can verify that they are so comfy, so cute, and I do feel empowered wearing them as I work out. Todd and I talk about when he was shunned by his family and community, Jehovah's Witnesses, after coming out to them as gay, the challenges he then faced mentally and emotionally, and how he created Outfit to cultivate a safe, uplifting community for LGBTQ individuals. I suggest, as you're listening to our conversation, be mindful of the parallels between religion and fitness. If you simply replace the word CrossFit with church, it adds an extra spicy layer to this discussion. So pop an acid reducer back and enjoy. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp, the leading provider of online counseling. Y'all, the world is crazy and mental health is important. Some might even call it spiritual. I personally use BetterHelp myself and absolutely love what they're doing. BetterHelp makes professional counseling accessible, affordable, and convenient. So if you're struggling emotionally, battling anxiety, or you can't stop crying after an episode of Queer Eye, BetterHelp can be there for you anytime, anywhere. Go to my personal link at BetterHelp help.com slash gay to check it out and get what? 10% off. The best part is you don't even have to leave your house. They offer four ways to speak with a licensed counselor, video calls, phone calls, real-time chat, and direct messaging. All counselors have been qualified and certified by their state's professional board. In other words, you're not talking to a lobster dressed in human clothes. They're legit. All you gotta do is go to my link at betterhelp.com slash gay and begin the questionnaire to match you with a therapist who is uniquely qualified to serve your needs. How sexy. It's super duper easy and you're matched within 24 hours or less. BetterHelp has a monthly subscription rather than paying per session, which makes it cheaper. But if finances are still a concern, financial aid is available for those who qualify. Get counseling, improve your life, and help this podcast out in the process by going to betterhelp.com slash gay. Sign up today and get 10% off. That's betterhelp.com slash gay. 
Todd Brandon Morris. Well, welcome to Have a Blessed Gay. Oh, man. Thanks for having me. Let's just get into it, okay? Tell us uh, who you are and what the hell you do. Sure. Uh, so, like, as, as you just said, my name is Todd Brandon Morris. I live in New York City. I live in the East Village. Um, I've been here for about eight years now. And uh, I do a couple of things all involved in fitness. One of the main ones is running a LGBTQ fitness group called Outfit. Like if you boil Outfit down to one sentence, it's going to be about increasing LGBTQ visibility through fitness. So um, we try to figure out different ways that we can do that. The in-person events, the training events, um, the apparel, just different ways for us to be visible. And um, again, I'm sure we'll talk about why that visibility is so important for our mission. Yeah, totally. Let me tell you, I, as a kid, specifically, like as a teenager, I hated the gym so much. I found it like just so damn intimidating. And I really thought of it as a straight person's place, which actually I kind of feel like is the general vibe of most gyms, unless you are in Hell's Kitchen, that might be the exception. But um, I love Outfit's mission for inclusion, giving a, a space that is not only safe, but is uplifting for the community, which is it is very important. But before you even got to the point of founding Outfit, what inspired you to get into fitness at all? Uh, it's just so like I haven't always worked in fitness. I've been in fitness for about eight years now, um, almost the time that I've been running Outfit prior to. So if, if we go back 10 years, I used to live in California. I lived in San Francisco and I worked at um, Yahoo for in sales and um, from working there for a few years, I ended up got, getting relocated to um, New York City for work. And I was very happy in California, had no desire to move. I thought New York was cool, but it wasn't really ever on my um, must-have list. Um, but I did it. So I moved. It, it, it was a pretty nice opportunity. Uh, about nine months after moving to New York City, the company laid me off. Oh, that's and fun. so yeah, <laughs> it was su it, it was super special. It was uh, this acquisition had happened and I was at Yahoo at this uh, business unit called Hot Jobs and Monster had acquired Hot Jobs. And so when Monster acquired Hot Jobs, that's when um, I had got relocated because I was part of the management team and they moved a lot of the management team to New York City. And then as soon as, um, you know, the whole time they preached, they preached, we want you, we want your talent, we want your knowledge, we want you. And then as soon as they got like all the knowledge that they wanted out of us. They just laid off everyone that was hot job. So um, pretty disappointing. It's just that I was in New York and I'm like, well, I'm not leaving. I've been here nine months. And even though I worked, you know, 12, 15 hours a day for those nine months and I haven't really enjoyed New York, I'm going to get, get out and do it. And um, I had been in fitness since probably about, you know, enjoying it since I was a teenager. But one of my buddies was like, Hey, listen, like, um, I know that you're gonna be unemployed. You're not gonna be seeing a lot of people. Uh, you should check out this thing called CrossFit because it's pretty social um, and also pretty into fitness. And so it's, it's something that I think you would like. So I started taking CrossFit classes just to kind of keep my sanity um, while I was looking for a new job in tech. And then one thing led to another. Um, and then I ended up co coaching at the box where, where I was taking those classes. And then fast forward about eight years, that's how, how we got here. So um, the original plan wasn't always supposed to be. Um, I was working again, that job in tech that paid very well, but definitely didn't have any work-life balance and kind of left me, I think, as a person feeling pretty empty. So um, once I had that, that opportunity, I knew I was going to be sacrificing a lot of income to change careers, but it just seemed like something that was worthwhile. And it's really not, not anything I would change looking back. Well, it's so hard, especially if it is fulfilling 
uh, not only inside, but outside, it, it's so difficult to put a price tag on that. And so, yeah, even if it is a few dollars less, I'm sure you feel really awesome rather than working like the 12 hour days, probably. There's still 12 hour days at times often, I guess, but they don't feel like 12 hour days when they used to feel like 18 hour days before. So yeah, yeah. when you actually enjoy what, what you're doing, it makes a huge difference. Yeah. And what part of Outfit, uh, the mission of inclusion, what inspired you to do that specifically? Did that come from a lack of seeing inclusion in fitness or um, just how did that specific um, outlet happen? So I had started coaching CrossFit uh, in, in New York City. Have you ever done CrossFit, Tyler? No, no, <laughs> no. I have almost done CrossFit a few times, uh-huh. but it oddly intimidated me. And, and what happened if it was a few times? What happened? Well, I'm from uh, so I'm from Texas. So um, the time the couple times that I almost did CrossFit were in Texas. And so um, there specifically, it is super duper uh, straight centric and uh, white centric and um, definitely a a type of person does CrossFit in those areas. And I don't exactly fit that type of person. So, yeah. So I was just asking because um, there's just a couple cultural things that happens with CrossFit. It's not intentional. It's just kind of um, a series of events. Uh, all CrossFits are independently owned. So CrossFit doesn't actually run any of the affiliates. They're, they're all independently owned. And really they're owned mostly by independent business owners, just meaning like one person owns one CrossFit. It's pretty rare to have one person owning more than one location. Um, and so what ends up happening is, you know, I'm at, I, I am and was at CrossFit NYC and there's a very large community there of LGBTQ athletes. Um, but there's a lot, there, there was a lot of other CrossFits in the city. There still are. And there's this silo effect that happens where, um, I'm at one location. There's a group of athletes at another location. We don't know about each other. We don't know how to connect to each other. And the reality is, is that, uh, boxes or affiliate owners, most of them don't see any incentive or they only see, um, potential negative of them losing members by encouraging their members to go to an event at another CrossFit, even if it is something like a very specific event, like outfit. So, um, outfit didn't exist yet. But the idea of how do we bring together people from New York City that all do CrossFit so we can just have an opportunity to we love CrossFit, uh, we're LGBTQ people. So this one more opportunity for us to kind of share these things in common. And so it was my chance now that I was this new CrossFit at CrossFit NYC to offer or to provide the space um, for athletes. Um, You know, at the end of the day, if every CrossFit, every Orange Theory, if like every kind of, you know, specialized fitness group like that has their own LGBTQ internal group and they kind of operate it and, and, and they um, are doing that, I don't see any need for outfit, but I also don't see that happening anytime soon. So that's kind of why it all started. It was like, how can we get everyone in New York to start to come together and to really kind of enjoy each other's company while also experiencing fitness. Completely. And I, let me, okay. So I, during college, uh, I had this spurt that I was like, I'm going to get fit and it's going to be great. And, um, well, wait a second. So I went to the gym, the gym on campus and went over to the free weight section 
And I was like, I don't even know what to do with this stuff. So I kind of started messing around with it, but it was really busy. And, and I went and picked up uh, a couple dumbbells, took them, and then like there weren't any seats available. So I was like, okay, I don't know where to even stand. So then I like w- literally made a circle, put them back down, and walked out of the gym. And I went and sat in my car for like 15 minutes being like, oh my, like what the hell did I just do? Anyway, and I left and I left and I did not work out that day. And it was so tragic and sad and funny after the fact. But um, but yeah, we can just get so in our heads and so wrapped up in what people think. And I mean, who knows if even anyone noticed me that day, but I sure felt like the pressure was on. Yeah, it's like one, did anyone notice? Two, did anyone notice and did they care? Um, exactly. <laughs> and I think like a lot of the, like I'm not gonna say like there aren't haters and, and, and there aren't gonna be situations, but I think like most of the time, most people in the gym tend to be very focused on themselves, not necessarily like in a shallow or it's a way, but they're there, they got a plan, maybe they got like, they got an hour, they gotta get out and they gotta go. So they're usually not spending a lot of time worrying about other people. Taking that kind of on the flip side of it, um, that acceptance and that uh, just being able to be proud in your environment. So let's look at your life for a for a hot sec. Um, the the ideals of um, outfit and what it stands for and acceptance and uh, empowerment. That is not necessarily something that you were given growing up in your community with your family. And so I would love to talk about that. Would you tell us um, some about your coming out experience and, and what that was like for you? Yeah, sure. So I came out when I was a teenager. I'm 41 now. Um, so it was a little bit ago. And when I came out, I originally had came out to, um, I have two brothers, two parents, two older brothers. And I had told my one older brother, um, and it had gone so well. I was so just like happy and, and excited. I was like, I'm gonna tell everybody now because this just went so well. And it really went downhill from there. Um, I come from a really religious family. Uh, I was raised very religious. And when I came out, it was just not received well by anybody. And if you kind of just fast forward the short term, the immediate short term, what ended up happening is the religion that I grew up in, um, we weren't allowed to have friends outside of our religion. So all of my friends and all of my family in a very short time period decided that it was either the me being in the religion or not. And if I wasn't in the religion, which which I wasn't going to be because I couldn't be as an out person, then they wanted no more contact with me. Um, so took myself out of high school, put myself into homeschooling so I could homeschool myself so I could also get a full-time job so I could then support myself. Um, and really, except for a couple occasions, I think only funerals, I saw them over the next few years. And then since 2005, for all intents and purposes, I haven't really had any contact with anyone kind of from that life. It's really just another life at this point. Growing up, are you religious? Um, and then also in that same kind of question, were you spiritual as well or neither? It's weird. Growing up, my entire family, cousins, you know, aunts, uncles, all that, they're all Jehovah's Witness. Um, 
I actually so don't know too much about Jehovah's Witness, honestly. Um, I just, it's like the door, knocking on the door. Um, yeah. That's, I feel like that's the majority of what I know. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, they're mainly very strict Christians. It's just there's no gray areas and there's no. And so, like, when it comes to certain things, um, there's just very hard no's in, instead of just gray areas. So every memory I have, I would go to church and I would just think they don't call it church. They call it Kingdom Hall. But I would go to the service and I would just be like, why am I here? This is all a lie. I don't believe any of this. How do I get out of here? It's weird. There's this like Twilight Zone episode where this woman wakes up and throughout the end of the episode, you realize that she's everyone else because they're on scrubs and doctors, but they're all pigs. And she has a, a very beautiful face. But because she's in a world of pigs, um, everybody thinks that she's ugly and she's like, you know, is trying to figure that out. And it was just like being in this world where everybody believes this. And I'm the only person in my entire life that doesn't believe it and trying to figure out like, why am I the only one that doesn't believe what all these other people are believing? And, and it just, I don't know. I think when you're an LGBTQ person, you have an introspective from a very early age that some people never develop. And um, I think that's why I just wasn't able to see what other people were seeing. Well, being shunned by that community, by the church, by uh, the people that were supposed to love and, and and protect you. I think it is really challenging to oneself and, and kind of what you're saying. It makes you look internally and question yourself and then also what's happening around you. And it's honestly just really difficult for me to fully understand. I, I do understand fear. We talk about fear a lot um, here and I, I get how crippling it can be, how brainwashed by uh, religions people can get. But to disown a child, uh, to push them away, I just don't understand. I, I don't know how that's love. I don't know how it's godliness or, or whatever um, people would like to call it. And that can really debilitate a person. It can totally destroy their entire life. But um, on the positive of this conversation that did not happen to you. So I, I want to know how that experience affected your sense of self and how you were able to not only continue living, but go on to do so many incredible things. Well, those are some very nice things you just said at the end there. I like there's elements of my life that, you know, went forward very nicely. And then there's elements that stalled for many, many years. And, and what I mean by that is like when you're, your entire world, your family, your friends, the religion, honestly, I didn't care about the religion, but there were people in the religion I, I did care about. And when they all really kind of just drop you on a dime like that, for me, subconsciously, it took me a long time to figure this out, but it just taught me that um, friendships don't mean much and relationships don't mean much. And it really negatively impacted again, unintentionally, either me trying to protect myself from getting hurt again, me just not really understanding um, kind of what like healthy relationships are, are like, but it just, um, nobody was allowed in for years and years and years. And and even if I was dating people, which I was, but my idea of dating wasn't like making a bond or a connection or really like being with those people, but it was co-living in the same space. That was at the time, like that was as much as I could have of a, a, a relationship because I wasn't able to um, kind of open up uh, 
because of a lot of scarring. So, so like a lot of that happened. A lot of that lasted for a long time. Um, so there were some nice areas where, um, you know, I can kind of, when I'm consciously aware of it, I can put things aside, I can understand and move on. But, you know, at the end of the day, like there are still areas of that experience that I still deal with. Um, so it's definitely a lifetime impact. Yes, some nice things came of it. Um, so that's a nice result, but there's still a lot of scarring that's there. When anything bad happens to you, um, like a, a literal scar, I think it's very similar as far as mental health goes. When when we're hurt and we're left with a scar, well, that's there and that, that changes our body and we evolve and then we know how to avoid getting that scar again. And so mm-hmm. um, in that same way, internally, we do the same thing. We, we know, okay, if I do that, then I'm going to get hurt in that same way. So I'm not going to do that anymore. And there are positives to that. But then like you're saying, there are also a lot of negatives to that. So how have you consciously tried to, um, be aware of those scars and have you been able to evolve in that way with relationships, um, like currently and, and how, how are you trying to navigate that? Um, that is a work in progress. I'll I'll just say, I wish I could say that it was something that I have put to bed a long time ago, many years ago, but it really is something that two years ago, if you would have told me that I was emotionally unavailable, I would have adamantly told you you were wrong. And I would have believed that I'd be like, no, no, I am available. I am this, I am that. And it's been a very more recent thing. So I wish I had like a lot more of a life experience to share about getting through it. But honestly, I'm probably only like 50% of the way through it anyways. I think that's really important to be said, though, when I mean, just getting shot from everyone, you know, that is a, a trauma that you just can't get away from and that you do deal with for the rest of your life. Uh, and I think that's important for people who are dealing with it, but then also people who are on the other side of it to realize and and to think about um, the impact that they are um, putting on someone else. Do you, do you think that there is any chance with your family for a, a future relationship at all with any of them? Do you talk with them at all? Um, what, what is that like with them now? Uh, the answer is no, I cannot see a world where anything changes moving forward. I, um, I mean, I, I just said it, like I've lived more of my life, more, especially like more of my conscious life, right? Like a lot of those younger years I don't have memories from. I've lived more of those years without my family than with it. And at this point, it's just like, what would I be gaining by getting them back? Because there's this asterisk of getting them back. They're all still in the same religion. And so like they still have their beliefs. If they change their beliefs, it would be different. But like, I don't want to be in a relationship where we can't actually be ourselves with each other. And I don't want to be in a relationship where I believe you believe I'm doing things that are wrong. And so I don't see any of that changing. So I can't imagine how there would be any change in kind of our family relationship. Yeah, totally understand. It's like the idea of um, love the sinner, hate the sin. <laughs> and I, I think that mentality, that idea 
is a very privileged idea. It comes from the person above saying that they will, um, that they're such a big person that they love the center, even though, uh, and I, I, yeah, you, you just can't really have a relationship like that. I would like to know, um, about you as far as spirituality goes, um, not necessarily in association with religion, but what do you think about spirituality or, or faith or energy, whatever you want to call it? Do you experience that? Do you, um, do you enjoy or try to participate in, in spiritual activities? I, um, I mean, I think spirituality is important. I think the, the idea that we kind of have a spirit, this, this, uh, this force within us, and then the spirituality being us connecting with that spirit. I do think that's really important. And I think a lot of people can do it a lot of ways. I know just like for a lot of me having nice, quiet alone time where I really get to think and be alone with my thoughts, which usually only happens very early in in the morning. For me, those are kind of like spiritual kind of moments where I really get to think and and reflect. Um, And I actually think like organized religion could be a lot better than it is. Um, You know, when I moved to California, it was 14 years ago or something like that. Um, I had a five-year plan. I was moving from Pittsburgh. That's where I grew up. I had graduated college at Pitt and I had like this life ahead of me and I had this five-year plan. And in that five-year plan, I was going to have uh, adopted kids by the end of those those five years. Um, that has not happened. Uh, so <laughs> that five-year plan keeps getting pushed a little bit. But That's fine. That's fine. If I did have that, if that did happen, like I could see the desire for raising my kids in a religion, some sort of religion, because I think there are some nice things that result from it of installing morals and values. Um, But it's when it gets taken so literally or it's used not to build people up, but to instead build people down, that's kind of um, where I think it, it loses. But unfortunately, you know, almost all of them cross that line. So I think religion is important. I just think like it could be done better, but it would need this radical change. Um, I mean, like even you asked me like, oh, like when I was growing up, was I super into the religion? I, I just remember like sitting in the services thinking, does this person believe what they're saying right now? Do the higher ups in the church, do they really believe this or are they collecting money or are they or are they getting something else out of this? Because it was so hard for me to actually think in closed door meetings, wherever they are that they actually fully believe everything they're doing is directed for and in service of their higher being. So um, I always wonder about that until that kind of gets cleaned up. I don't really see like organized religion having more value than hurt that it causes. But when it comes to being spiritual, I think everyone's spiritual. It's just like, do you use that title? Do you actually like know how that word applies to your life? But I, I think most people have a lot of spiritual aspects to their life. I uh, come from a very religious family as well, but I also have uh, several ministers in my family. So I grew up actually getting to see what happens behind the door. And uh, yeah, it is very fascinating. You know, when uh, when you are uh, struggling and, and freaking out that you might go to hell and then, yeah, the stuff that you hear behind that isn't necessarily related to spirituality um, or worship at all then yeah. it's like, wait, what are we doing? What's going on here? Um, yeah. Or like the mega churches where the you know minister flies around on their private jet. You know, like, how is that? 
how's that? <laughs> how's, how's that tie into spirituality? I don't know. Does it? Probably not. Yeah. But um, but I do believe that spirituality can be found outside of religion. Uh, sometimes I think the most beautiful types of spirituality are found outside of religion. And it can be found just about anywhere. I think um, even in fitness, now that I have gotten into it after uh, kind of like the last bit of college um, and then outside, I have gotten so into fitness and I love it and it is for my mental health and, and just well-being. And I, I do find that spiritual in a sense. Um, and even the whole concept of outfit, the idea of community and, um, and acceptance, the idea to better ourselves and better our mental health and in turn better others and motivate others, helping others. I, I think that is spirituality. Do you find that type of feeling again, whatever you want to call it, uh, within the work that you do with Outfit, when you are helping people, uh, when those people in turn help other people and all these positive chains are forming, do you, do you find spirituality in that? So before the pandemic, we used to have, um, in the New York area, we had a Outfit All Levels workout once a month. So it would go from Manhattan to Brooklyn to Queens, Manhattan, Brooklyn to Queens. So every quarter, each location would have one. And a couple of things always happen at the end of the event. So I'm walking around, I'm usually trying to take videos for social media. Um, and so I'm kind of really paying attention and you can just watch during the event, a lot of people that haven't met each other and you watch them start to interact during their breaks, during this, during that. Um, and then by the end of it and the events over, they're sitting around in circles and they're talking and they're doing this. And these people have come together. These athletes have come together and about an hour, an hour and a half ago, they didn't know each other. And now they're just sitting and connecting and, and having a good time. And that happens at every event, every time. Um, and so I don't know what, what word I want to put on that, but, but I'll say like that experience to watch and to just know, like those athletes came in, and they are leaving, not with just a workout, but they're leaving with three, five people that are LGBTQ members of the community and in the fitness community. And they live in New York City, so probably pretty close to them. They're going to have met and interacted with them. And then how is that going to impact their life? Like, it's a small thing. I get it. But if we can do an event and then an event and an event, and if we can impact and significantly impact five or 10 people, right? We have 80 people that come to the New York ones. If five or 10 of them are impacted significantly and that happens every event, you know, that's a nice compounding effect that I would love to be a part of. And so that's what I witnessed at the events. And so that's kind of like when it comes to spirituality, that's what I feel like is, is happening to those people. And kind of going back to the, the idea of religion um, I would agree with you. I think the idea, the concept of religion is actually really beautiful. But when we do get into this bizarre dictatorship of, well, the, this higher power said this and believes this and I'm right and you're wrong and all this blah, 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 blah that happens. That's when it gets muddy and it, it is manipulative and just really gross. <laughs> but the concept itself of community uh, common beliefs, helping your fellow neighbor, that I believe is really special. And that is what you have cultivated with Outfit. You've, you've taken a concept that goes back thousands and thousands of years and opened it up to a specific marginalized group. And I think it's really beautiful to see someone who came from such a dysfunctional and harmful system 
to create a community with such love. Where can people look into this community and just keep up with you and the empowering work that you're doing? First off, we'll just be going to our Outfit Instagram account. It's out period fit period USA. Um, there are a lot of Instagram accounts for Outfit just because we have micro accounts for every community. So um, there's the main one that, that I just read off, but each individual community has theirs where they can post individual photos and they can kind of um, take it to a micro level. If you want to head to the website, it's out-fit.org. And if you want to see right now pictures of just me and my puppy Brooklyn, you can go to TBM loves you at Instagram. Which is so adorable. I love <laughs> Yeah, she's great. She's locked in the other room right now because she, she gets loud, but um, she just turned six months on Saturday. Oh, so she's a baby baby. Yeah, full black lab six months. She's pretty cool. So freaking cute. Well, Todd, thank you so much for talking with me. I really, really appreciate it. It was a pleasure. What a journey with so many things to highlight. So here are my main takeaways. Number one, religion and fitness groups like CrossFit have a lot in common, positives and negatives. How can we come together as a collective and empower one another? No one loses anything from being supportive and inclusive. Number two, mental health and physical health are keys to having a strong spiritual connection. We only have one body, so love it, be good to it, nourish it, and treat it like the sacred thing it is. Does that mean have a bubble bath tonight? Why the hell not? Number three, shunning anyone or displaying outright hate toward a person is not love, and it will never be. Number four, our bodies scar, as do our emotions, shaping and evolving us into something new. Number five is possibly my favorite character from the Umbrella Academy. But also, my fifth takeaway is that being able to be proud in your environment is underrated, mostly by people with privilege. Whether it's CrossFit, a church, or a book club analyzing medieval war dramas, you deserve to feel confident, to feel a part of, to feel proud. And any group that is fueled by fear or hate that doesn't uplift and accept you, uh, fuck them. And find one that loves you for the incredible person you are. I have posted links in the show notes for Todd, Outfit, and their line of apparel. Please check them out. Also, make sure you are following this podcast. Subscribe, comment, and please do leave a review. It will be very appreciated. And of course, continue to reach out to me. I freaking love hearing from you. Let me know what you thought of these topics or if there's anything else you would like to hear discussed. You can reach me at the email in the show notes or DM me on social media at haveablessgay on all the platforms. Now, because this content is heavy at times, you might not be able to laugh it off. And if you are struggling and having a hard time, I always post helplines in the show notes. So please check them out and call if you need to. Just remember this, you are special, you are purposeful, and you are fucking beautiful. Have a blessed day, y'all.